everyone. Welcome to my show, Career Startup Leadership Podcast, a podcast to spotlight world-class Asian entrepreneurs, innovators, C-suite executives who provide insights and candid wisdom from their personal journey to inspire you. And this is your host, Priyanka Kumla. We are right here on our 76th episode of Career Startup Leadership Podcast. So thank you to each one of you for your loyal viewership and for your support throughout this journey as we look forward to ace 100 plus episodes. All right, so we have a special guest today with us who is an art curator. So without further ado, let me introduce who that special guest is. Hi, Anu, welcome to the show. Hi, Priyanka, I'm glad to be here. Thank you so much, Anubhat, for being on our show. Anu is the founder of The Rural Painter, where she discovers amazing paintings by rural artisans, and her endeavor is to help these paintings reach a Western audience. Such an amazing, innovative idea, Anu, and I'm so glad to feature you on our show as a special entrepreneur. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you. And to our listeners who are tuning in live, we're going to offer a free mentoring session, an exclusive mentoring session where you can talk about entrepreneurship or maybe deck your home for the holiday season with some amazing paintings. Want some advice? Anu is right here. So feel free to drop in a quick hello, the country that you're tuning in from, to get this amazing free mentoring session. Are you excited, Anu? I'm very excited. All right. So let's get started, Anu, with your journey. So your background is in public relations and marketing, television and advertising. But you transitioned to be an entrepreneur. Tell us how did that happen from where you were with PR all the way into helping these artisans from Southeast Asia? So um, even though my background was public relations and marketing, I've always been interested in art um, and I've always enjoyed traveling. Um, so when, when I had my kids, it was a little difficult to keep the long hours in television and advertising. So I decided to start something on my own um, to, to be flexible and uh, be around for my kids. So my son was very good at drawing and I couldn't find an art school in Princeton at that time. So um, I uh, approached a few teachers because my background was not art and um, we incorporated smudges and strokes and it was an art school for kids. Um, it did very well until uh, my husband came home and said we were moving to Singapore. So a family posting in Singapore um, led to us traveling through Southeast Asia extensively. Um, we all love to travel. So we covered all the countries in Southeast Asia from Indonesia, Vietnam, Cambodia, Laos, Thailand. And the one thing that leaped out at me through all these travels is the wonderful art um, that was created by these talented artists. And I asked myself, how can I help these artists reach a Western audience? And that thought stayed with me. We returned to the US. Um, I put myself through B-School with this idea in mind. It seemed to make sense. Um, so I booked a ticket, went back to Bali and Vietnam, brought back a collection of art, hosted a wine and cheese event, and the rest is history. That's amazing. And I'm so glad you've pivoted to a career path that made it so flexible for you with the kids especially. But now I understand your teenage daughter travels with you as you pick these hand curated paintings, right? Tell us about that experience. She does. And that's been one of the most rewarding aspects of uh, 
running the Rural Painter. Initially, um, we're about five years old now. So initially, I'd pick up a friend from Singapore and we'd travel to these countries. Um, and my teenage daughter one day said, can I go with you? And um, and I was like, why not? And uh, depending on her school schedule, I started taking her on these trips. So she's been with me to Nepal twice, to Bali, to Chiang Mai in Thailand. And I, we travel well together to begin with. She takes my photographs. She records my interviews with the artists. She has quite an opinion on the art that we're selecting. Um, and I think it's opened her up in ways um, and she's learned things that she would never learn sitting in a classroom. You know, traveling is a great form of learning. And I'm so glad traveling along with art it's just a wonderful combination to have at such a young age. Absolutely. I, I've seen the change in her um, since she's traveled and met with artists and been exposed to all these cultures. That's amazing. So tell us about the art that's right behind you. What's so unique about it? Um, so you can, you can see a part of it. Um, it's actually a piece called Devotion. Um, it's from Bali and uh, it's by an artist that we work with regularly. His name is Kolis. And he's known for creating large Buddhist images. Um, I'll actually just move my screen a little sure, bit. Sure, go for it. You can, you can see the entire piece. Um, it's, a, it's a young monk boy with um, a statue um, next to it of the Buddha. And um, what Kolis does is every artist is trying to differentiate themselves. So um, he sticks down paper mache or sand onto the canvas leaves it out to dry, then brings it in, and then paints with oil paint over that textured surface. So it makes the painting look almost like a sculpture. So it really stands out in a gallery of paintings. So we're always looking for artists with new innovative ideas um, whose art would appeal to the audience that we're constantly seeking. So is your audience primarily the Western world? Um, it is in the Western world, and I would say we, we, we have a mix of people. There are Asians, there are Americans. I think everybody's on um, the spiritual path who does follow us. I mean, it is a niche market. Um, our art is uh, Zen. Um, it appeals a lot to the yoga community, uh, especially the mandalas. Um, yogis meditate to the mandala. So it's an individual preference, but I think a lot of people who are on that inward journey do connect with the art. That's pretty impressive. So tell us the process. So you go to Southeast Asia, how does the negotiation process work when you figure out an art that works for you? Um, sure, so the process actually starts long before we travel to Asia. Um, I travel twice a year um, to bring back new collections and I'm introduced to the artists well before I leave. So there's a whole vetting process that's in place. We don't just walk into a store and pick up the art. Um, we speak to the artists, we learn about their background. Um, have they shown overseas? Have they won awards? So we like to believe that we're not just selling a painting, we're selling a story. And everyone who does purchase a painting receives a write-up on the artist as to why he painted this, what was he thinking at the time. So people have a deeper connection to the piece that they purchase. Um, so we're in touch with the artists. We see photographs of the paintings long before we do leave um, and travel. Uh, I go with a lot of pre-orders in hand. 
So I have a lot of people who would maybe ask me, I'm looking for something in four feet by six feet for above my fireplace. I'm looking to create this kind of mood in the room. I'm looking for colors in maybe green and yellow. So we're able to show them the art that the artists send us before we leave. So they let us know if they want something similar so we know what to look out for. So I, I never leave without having a number of pre-orders in hand. And then I bring those back as well as any other art that appeals to me and I think we would have a market for. You know, that's a very pragmatic strategy to ensure your clientele, uh, you know, needs are met as well. And I'm so glad you focused on the story behind every painting. So it's not just a painting for the sake of it, but, you know, there's, there's always so much of sweat and blood that goes from an artist's perspective as well. Yes, absolutely. We're, we're portraying the artist's stories and we're offering this as a platform to them. Um, so they are our highlight um, and they are the reason I started The Rural Painter in the first place. No, that's very amazing. And, you know, I'm so glad when uh, it feels, uh, it makes me feel so happy when I spotlight entrepreneurs like you who follow a very different path. And, uh, you know, that widens up our perspectives on, hey, here's a career path that you can choose where you're happy, you're traveling and you're focused on art and helping others succeed. Absolutely. I think I'm, I'm very fortunate um, to be able to marry my two loves of uh, art and travel. Um, it's, it's what gets me up every morning and hopefully we'll be traveling again uh, once again post-COVID. So tell us that with the COVID pandemic, what kind of impact have you faced as an entrepreneur and as part of your business portfolio as well? So we have uh, faced challenges in terms of travel. We were not able to travel to Vietnam in April as we had planned um, this year. Um, but I think it's opened up other avenues for us in the sense people are now decorating their home offices. Um, they're decorating their homes. So we've had a lot of interest um, in that regard. Um, personally, I'm not really a huge technology person. Um, as a result of COVID, I've had to become one pretty much overnight. So you know, that's the best part about entrepreneurship, right? You got to pivot to adapt. Absolutely. So I was never really on social media. Now, suddenly my entire market is on social media. And I found that that's opened me up to a worldwide audience. So I was actually limiting myself before. You know, it's just your beliefs about, you know, what works today, but I'm so glad you're more agile so you can shift to where your, where your customers are as well. But at the same time, the artisans, because COVID has really affected the small time uh, rural artisans. What are some things that you're hearing from the rural artisans based on the pandemic that's hit them? So initially, um, they did send me pictures of um, their areas being in lockdown, they had to close down their studios. Um, but we have had a few orders that have been shipped into us by the artists. So to a very small extent, it has been continuing. And fortunately, before COVID, I did make a trip to Nepal. Um, that's one of the countries where the art has been well received in the past. So we knew exactly what to bring back. Um, we brought back a very large collection from there. So I still have that collection that I'm working with. That's pretty impressive. So tell us this, as we are looking at decorating our personal spaces, because your work 
um, you know, home demarcation has vanished. So everybody's trying to find, you know, a, a place that gives them that solitude to work with focus. And I think art really helps you in bringing positive energy and vibes. What advice would you have for us when you're looking at decorating your house with an artistic eye? So I, I think it's very personal. Um, like I keep switching the art behind me um, just because I want to see new scenes behind me. Right in front of me, I do have mandalas from Nepal because they help me stay focused. Um, they energize me. So I, th I think it's a very personal thing. Um, a lot of the art that we have sold is the mountainous regions like the Himalayas from Nepal. Uh, people want to see something strong behind them. Um, so it's, it's, it's a very personal thing. People kind of send us pictures of their room. So we take a look at the furniture. They let us know what kind of mood they're trying to create. And we advise them accordingly. It's like someone here. Um, there was a gentleman who had a bar area. And uh, he was looking for masculine energy in that bar. So we managed to source running horses for him. And you could actually see the, I mean, feel the energy of the horses as they were running. And that's exactly the mood that he tried to create. So I think it's a very personal thing as to what you're trying to achieve within your space. No, that's very impressive. The, the positive vibes, the energy that art can help you uh, with, is that's amazing. And I'm so glad you're helping a lot of people find that inner peace in whatever way or form they want it. Yep, we try our best. With that being said, let's showcase a couple of these wonderful uh, paintings from these rural artisans. Gives them gives us a chance to spotlight the wonderful artisan works that they have. So tell us about this mandala. Where was it sourced from and what does it really portray? So um, this is a Kala Chakra mandala, which is the wheel of time. So a mandala is a wheel with no beginning and no end. And it is the universal symbol of Buddhism. So this is an art form that's been handed down generations from Nepal and Tibet. So we specifically travel to Nepal to source these mandalas. Um, this is actually a five-story stupa. A stupa is, is a religious house. Um, that has been flattened. So the square area that you see um, is the stupa. It's been flattened and it's got four entrances and the enlightened being sits in the center on a lotus. So this signifies um, our journey and the obstacles one has to overcome um, on their path uh, to enlightenment. And then the circles you see around the outside uh, represent the elements of air, water, wind, earth, fire. So this deep meaning in this painting, each one of the four entrances is guarded by a god. Um, and artists in Nepal actually have to study the scriptures for months before they're able to pick up a paintbrush and paint. Um, if they don't understand the scriptures, they cannot effectively translate that onto canvas. So I find the art in Nepal to be very different from the art in other regions where artists are encouraged to let their imagination soar. Um, so it was interesting just to see these artists studying and then being able to translate because any changes in the mandala can change the meaning entirely. So this is something that's handed down generations. A lot of the gold paint, they mix 18 or 22 karat gold in it to signify purity. And there is an energy that comes out of these paintings 
Um, you may have seen um, monks that create these mandalas with sand. There are groups of monks. I know they've done this at the White House and various other venues. Ex-Mazonian. Mm -hmm. Yes. So they'll spend months and months creating this mandala with sand and creating all the intricate detail. And then at the end of it, they just sweep it away because nothing in life is permanent. You know, that brings up a very good point. And I was just talking to Anu prior to the show that it was, uh, you know, it was just very uh, coincidental that I tried to do a mandala this afternoon, you know, as part of a watercolor brush stroke. And I got to learn a lot more about the concept behind it. And, uh, you know, it was very therapeutic, you know, for the hour that I spent just drawing them and, you know, putting all my different thoughts and trying to bring those positive vibes, like whatever energy you're feeling. And I felt just so great. And it taught me a lot about being patient, being curious, and just letting your creativity out. And um, something else, we were working with an artist uh, who was guiding us through this process. And she mentioned the same thing that you said, you know, where these monks uh, create a mandala with sand, with different colored sand. And then at the end of the day, just they just wipe it. You let it go. Hours and hours of creation, is gone because nothing in life is permanent. And that just took me back. I was like, wow, we feel so attached to a lot of things in life. And here, this beautiful art where they just wipe it away. Yeah, it's, it's actually uh, sad and intriguing at the same time, but they're following the Buddhist philosophies. Um, it's fascinating. And these kind of stories come, come through in every single piece that I source. I mean, there's such a deep story behind every piece. That's very true. And I've experienced it up front. So yeah, thanks for sharing that with our listeners as well. So tell us this, as you work with artisans, has language ever been a barrier for you? And here you are in action uh, for the listeners who can watch it. Right. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to introduce this artist. Um, he's in Bali and his name is Ketut Budiawan. Um, he's actually become a very good friend now. He's the first artist we began working with when we started The Rural Painter five years ago. And he continues to paint for us till date. Um, so every time we go to Bali, we've been there about five times. Um, he's always got something new and intriguing and beautiful to share with us. Um, he actually did a series on um, the Balinese dancer. He painted about five or six paintings for us. Of and I have this coming up here. Is this the, the painting? Yes. This is one of the Balinese dancers. Um, this is the one that's left with us. So uh, Ketot is known for his bold brush strokes. He's not afraid to play with bright colors. And one of his specialties is that the background and the foreground are similar. He won't have like a white background with the dancer in the middle. He, he blends the background and foreground in similar colors. So it's almost an abstract painting, yet there's form within the abstract. That's very impressive. And for our podcast listeners who are hearing it, you can go check out the ruralpainter.com website or the Instagram at the Rural Painter to get a glimpse of some of these amazing paintings that Anu showcases to, uh, to her audiences as well. Now, Anu, tell us this. When you look back at your entrepreneurial journey, what advice would you give to your younger self? Um, I would uh, definitely tell my younger self to take more risks. Um, I'm in a, what ways? I'm, I'm a risk-averse person. I, I weigh the pros and cons. And I think once we embark on this journey of entrepreneurship, 
I think it's important to trust that gut or, or take action on a hunch. Um, otherwise, you could miss opportunities. And I'm, I'm kind of reaching that point now, but that's something I would tell my younger self. You know, just go with the flow and go for it. Don't, don't weigh everything out in so much detail. You know, sometimes you just have to go with the opportunity that knocks your door. And that's the, the thrilling part of entrepreneurship, I should say. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think the other thing is just be aware of what's happening around you. I mean, when this social media wave took off, I wish I had embarked on the wave right in the beginning. Um, so just be aware of, of your surroundings and what's going on around you and stay up to date with what's going on. So that's something else I would tell my younger self. That's pretty cool. So what's next for you? What are you looking for in, the, in 2021 and beyond in terms of the rural painter? So we're, we're looking forward to uh, getting back into wine and cheese events um, with charity events. We've worked with over 20 different charities to help raise funds for their causes. And that's been very rewarding because when I started The Rural Painter, it was with the idea of giving back both to the artists and to society. Um, so the galas have become virtual now. We're still participating in those, but I'd love to take my art um, into a room, have people see the art and just see that connection happen and see the magic happen. I think I really love that part of it. And um, we had planned an on the ground event earlier this year um, with one of the charities. It's called Manavi and it's based in New Jersey. It helps victims of domestic violence. So we had planned an on the ground event which got postponed due to COVID uh, what we were planning to do was create a Vietnamese street market and bring in foods from the regions that I travel to, say like momos from Nepal, satay from Indonesia. And we had tied up with the Indonesian consulate to bring in um, an authentic Indonesian dance troupe to perform in their traditional gear. And we had Nepali singers um, and all of this was going to take place against the backdrop of art from these countries. So we were going to take people through a journey through Asia. Um, so I'm hoping that we can pick up on that event once again post-COVID. That's very impressive. Giving back, uh, you know, uh, through art, you know, that has a ripple effect in terms of, you know, people valuing the work that you do, as well as helping them with their charitable goals too. Absolutely. And uh, it's just been so rewarding. We've done a lot of work with the, also the Shankara Eye Foundation, uh, which provide eye surgeries to the curable blind in India. We've done a lot of wine and cheese events for them. So I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back into that aspect of things. I know. I, I see you raring to go back. Absolutely. Uh, travel as well as uh, hosting shows. That's pretty cool. Uh, you know, when... Uh, when you look back at all of this, do you think you were destined to be in such a career or was it just a coincidence where entrepreneurship just was an opportunity that passed by you? Um, that's an interesting question. Um, maybe I was destined to do this because, um, you know, the posting to Singapore just came out of the blue. Um, we, we never expected to go there and traveling through Asia and meeting the artists so I think um, there's a path drawn out for all of us. It's just whether we choose to go down that path or not. 
That's very true. I have a curious question. Is your house decked with all of these different paintings from your collection? It is. It is. It is not a single wall that doesn't have a painting. So it's literally like a museum. You know, uh, in a way, it reflects your personality and something that you're very passionate about. Yes, absolutely. Awesome. So we have a fun rapid fire round for you. Are you ready for it? Yes. So you tell me the first thing that comes to your mind in one word if possible. Who's your role model? Oprah Winfrey. What does happiness mean to you? Family. What does success mean to you? Um, I don't know if I can answer that in one word, but the freedom to pursue your passion. One fun thing about you that's exclusive to our Karib Startup Leadership Podcast listeners. I'm a closet pianist. <laughs> do you do that as part of your gala events or your wine and cheese events? No, no, I'm not that good. <laughs> but uh, I've loved to play the piano um, for a very long time, but it's not something I tell people. How do you see yourself, Anu, in, um, in a one word in your native language? Um, so my native language is Hindi. I'm, I'm not sure how the word translates to Hindi, but I would say I'm tenacious. I, I don't give up. Um, and whatever comes in front of me, I keep surging forward. On that note, how do you handle low moments in your life? Or is it always like well designed, given the kind of path that you've chosen? Um, no, I, I definitely, uh, like everyone else, I do have low moments. But um, I think as a result of the journey I'm on, I've become a very spiritual person. Um, so I do turn to meditation. I do turn inward. Um, I allow myself to sit in that emotion. I acknowledge it and then I come out of it. So I, I think I've built coping mechanisms. You know, I'm so glad you brought that point because uh, a couple of our guests this week, we've been talking about emotional agility, which is a concept uh, from Susan David, one of the recognized uh, you know experts in the field of psychology. And she talks about how you have to sit with your emotions. And I see it with a lot of entrepreneurs. And it's it's fascinating to see how it is an effective coping strategy. Absolutely. I think, you know, acknowledging it, um, to me at least, ensures that it's not going to come back in some other shape or form. That's very true. On that note, we've reached the end of the episode. So tell us about a special gift that you're going to give to our listeners from The Rural Painter. Um, sure, I'd, I'd love to offer um, anyone uh, free shipping on any piece of art uh, during this holiday season. And um, please reach out if, if you have anything in mind um, that you want to put up on your walls or any kind of mood you're trying to create, reach out. We'd be uh, happy to guide and help you. Um, I'd also be happy to offer um, a mentoring session to anyone whether it's on entrepreneurship or on, on how to decorate your home. So I'm, I'm happy to do that. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Anu, for your generous offer. And I really wanted to bring you on the show for two reasons. One, your career path, as I mentioned, which is very different. And I've never had an art curator on my show from Asian origins. So kudos to you on following a path, breaking the stereotypes. And two, everybody is looking for positivity. And I feel art, you know, personally, that's helped me in terms of bringing more optimism and sharing yourself, especially in this holiday season. So I felt the rural artisans could benefit from the spotlight, especially from Southeast Asia through your rural painter. 
thank you so much for for putting this spotlight on the artisans who are currently hurting and you know we're hoping to go back and help lift them up and revive them as soon as possible that's amazing on that note we want to wish you all the very best in all your future endeavors and your charitable causes as well do you have any parting thoughts to our listeners before we wrap up um absolutely i mean i just love your podcast i've been following you so i'd encourage everyone to hit the like button follow priyanka i i i love what you do you've you've been uh, spotlighting the community um giving a lot of us a voice and uh, i i just find your podcast so enjoyable so so please follow and uh, listen to the interesting talks and uh, i've learned so much from you thank you so much anu and thanks for your support to our podcast i enjoy featuring different people from the asian diaspora as well as open up our perspectives on how do you embrace life's challenges absolutely awesome on that note thanks to all the listeners who are watching this live or will be watching this on replay do feel free to drop in a quick hello and the country that you're tuning in from if you're watching this on replay as well and we will join you again with another interesting episode next week and this is your host priyanka komla signing off from career startup leadership podcast a podcast to spotlight world class asian entrepreneurs c suite executives innovators and allies who provide insights and candid wisdom from the personal journey to inspire you thank you thank you